The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place, but you already knew that. The buzz today, viva la video. Yes, it's la video, not la. I looked up the conjugation. It's a male noun in Spanish. So the 1978 lyrics of Video Killed the Radio Star, which, by the way, by the Buggles, expressed deep concerns about the impact of 20th century inventions and machines on the media arts. Let me quote one line from the song. They took the credit for your second symphony, rewritten by machine on new technology. I don't think it gets any more specific than that. So what has happened to video since then? This is way back in the last millennium. Video popularity has grown and grown and grown. It's soaring. It's trending. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody wants videos. As a matter of fact, The Guardian last year in 2015 reported that video is considered the future of content marketing. That's something you want to remember. I found some Words of wisdom on the value of video from Academy Award-winning director and screenwriter Barry Levinson. Here's the quote. If a picture is worth a thousand words, then a video is worth a million. That was from HuffPost in August 2014. So what exactly is the potential of video and how can it be leveraged for social selling in the sales cycle? We are here on Social Selling with Game Changers. This is our wheelhouse. So let's talk to our experts and see what they have to say. First up, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show Gabe Viamizer. And Gabe is the social selling director at Higher View, where he trains and coaches 66 sales reps on the science of social selling. And we'll ask him about the science in a few minutes. But here's the quote he sent me, and it's from Rafiki. In The Lion King, those of you not remembering, Rafiki, whose name means friend in Swahili, is a mandrel with an unnaturally long tail who lives in a baobab tree in the Pride Lands and performs shamanistic services for the Lions of Pride Rock. And by the way, in the musical, the character of Rafiki was changed to be a strong female character, hence a female mandrel and Sangoma. Here is the quote Gabe has picked. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But from the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Gabe, welcome back to Social Selling. How have you been? Hey, what's happening, guys? It's an honor to be back. Thanks for inviting me back, Bonnie. I've been good. Oh, good. We are delighted. So tell me, are you a big fan of The Lion King, and have you seen it on Broadway or just in the movies? Actually, I have seen it on Broadway because my sister used to live in New York, and I did that a few years ago, but... Um, you know, I have two uh, two kids. I have a month old and I have a three year old. Uh, two boys, so there are you know our houses filled with boys. But um, lately, I've been watching a lot of Disney movies and you know Aladdin and that kind of stuff. And and I watched Lion King last week with my three year old. And you know, I actually like truly have to admit I enjoyed watching Lion King. The last time I watched it was twenty years ago or something like that. And I'm like, this is such a good plot, a good movie. There's good quotes. And when you're that little, you don't remember those quotes. You don't care about them, you know. So now that I'm an adult, or I think I think I'm an adult. Um, you know, I, <laughs> Thank you for that qualification. We were all yeah, going to yeah, ask you about exactly. that. I wear I wear a hat. People think I'm in high school, and that's okay. But um, you know, I there's such a, a lot of good quotes, and I actually paused the movie and wrote them down. And my kids are like, "Daddy, what are you doing?" And anyway, so this is one of the ones that stuck with me, and it's great. 
Well, that's a wonderful quote, and, and I'm delighted. I saw Lion King on Broadway many, many years ago. Gabe, I think I'm going to start wearing a hat. If it makes you look like you're in high school, I'm hoping it'll do something. Maybe it'll look like I'm in college or at least graduate school. Oh, so, Gabe, done. Done well, deal. <laughs> I would love it. Now, Gabe, let's talk, let's talk about the content of the show, what we're trying to talk about here. The past can hurt, but from the way I see it, you either run from it or learn from it. So our topic is video. We're talking about video specifically and the Social Sellers Toolkit today. So how would we take Rafiki's quote and turn it into a lesson for social sellers who aren't quite sure? They're standing on the sidelines. Maybe we will make a video. Maybe we won't. What would Rafiki say to them? Yeah, just just how the traditional model uh, is, is starting to get outdated. Uh, you know, don't dwell so much on the past. Don't dwell on what didn't work. Don't dwell on and suffer so much from what you didn't do or what you thought to do but didn't do. Right, just take action, take the right tools, get the right attitude, you know, get video, get new age tools and and keep testing. Keep doing it. If it didn't work, leave it in the past, move on. If it worked, great, learn from it and do it better, do it again. Thank you very much. And and Gabe, one more thing before we move on to our second panelist question. The past can hurt. What if we apply this to somebody who did video? And it was really bad. I mean, it was really bad. And nobody reacted or the reactions were not what the company or the person expected. Should they learn from that past versus not doing it, doing it not well and try again? What do you think? Absolutely. Like if you're, if you're not doing it, you're not living it. You're, you're just talking. You're just, you know, ideas. Ideas are great, right? If, if you don't act on your ideas, somebody else will. So it's better to learn from your mistakes, right? and actually learn something from them, whether it's a failure. I don't think failures are really, really failures because you learn not, hopefully not to do that again, right? And all of us have brains. So hopefully remember what didn't work and, and optimize it, make it better, and, uh, and, and don't dwell on the past. I mean, don't, don't cry about it. Don't feel bad about yourself. If it's not working and other people are having success with it, then there's something you're doing wrong. And as long as you can be self-aware of that, and that's the beauty of it. You can make it better. Thank you, Gabe. Where is the wisdom? And I'm taking it this is part of what you are calling the science of social selling. We'll get back to that later. Thank you. And now let me bring on our second panelist. I think he's a newcomer to Game Changers. It's Jack Kozakowski. He's the global head of B2B social sales execution at the Creation Agency. And Jack has sent me a quote that's near and dear and very personal to him. It's from his grandfather, Blackjack Mower, M-O-H-E-R. Let me just read the little story, then I'll read the quote, and we'll introduce Jack. Jack says, my grandfather was born in Des Moines, I'm sorry, Des Moines, Iowa, super poor. He dropped out of middle school, middle school at age 13 because he had to start paying rent in order to survive. He started in sales, selling pots and pans door to door, ended up meeting Zig Ziglar, and never looked back in his sales career. The grandpa we're talking about ended up number one in sales his whole life. He was easily the best salesman and sales leader I have ever known, says Jack. He was known as Black Jack because people thought he was just lucky. Well, obviously, he was more than lucky. He passed away two years ago from cancer, but luckily, I was blessed with his name to carry on the legacy. That is from Jack Kozakowski about his grandpa. Here's the quote. Before you can understand and motivate anyone else, you must first understand and motivate yourself. Jack, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, been trying to get on the show for a while, so it's good to be here with my good friend Gabe, you, and uh, and Bonnie. Thank you very much. So Kirsten, tell me, sorry. Kirsten, that's okay. We have somebody named Barb on the show from time to time. No hurt feelings. So Jack, uh, sorry about the loss of your grandpa. He sounds like a heck of a guy. Must have been quite a, a, a coup for him to meet Zig Ziglar. So tell me something. As you you working in B two B social sales execution, is this something you use when you talk to people, when you train them, when you meet them before you can understand and motivate anyone else? Look in the mirror first and do it to yourself. What's your thought on that, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I think the power of I think the power of social selling is is truly a, a leadership tool, and I think that when you get into social selling and you're doing it right, um, it actually may you know it can make you a leader, right? It makes most people in a spot where they are looked up as um, in, in a leadership role. So, 
you know, most people want to talk about social selling, and they either want to be a naysayer or they want to, you know, you know, be a raw raw person. But there's very few that actually, you know, step up, motivate themselves, understand this stuff, and put it into action. And thank you very much, Jack. And and what would your advice be in terms of video? We're talking specifically video in the Social Sellers Toolkit today. So how would we apply this, understand and motivate yourself? Where does the understanding yourself come in in terms of producing great content in video form? Well, I think understanding yourself, um, you know, having your own goals and objectives, what you're trying to achieve with social, right, or video, um, whatever component you're using, to drive some type of action. I think most people don't understand what they're trying to achieve themselves, right? And video, you've got to be very, very strategic with video. So you've got to be, you've got to be committed too, because video is not something that happens overnight, especially um, from a content perspective. It takes a while to build an audience. It takes a while to start those conversations with your targeted buyers. So you've really, really got to be, um, you know, committed and understand why you're doing what you're doing. And especially if you're in training or sales training, right, or, or you're trying to preach social selling, you got to kind of practice what you preach first and then kind of lead by example, in my opinion. Thank you. And one more question before I introduce Kirsten. Yes, it's Kirsten Boyleau. Of course, she's a sponsor of this series and, and our every time guest. Uh, Jack, what would Blackjack Mower say if he was on this call? What advice would he give from his very successful sales career? What would he say about social selling and video? Um, my grandfather had a, a, another great quote that I'll use here, but he'd say, you know, if you set yourself on fire, they'll come to watch you burn. So, uh, you know, really, that, I think that's a powerful quote because if you think about it, right, when other people, when you see somebody doing something um, and, it's, you know, if you see that it's working, it's powerful, they're getting some, you know, traction, that's what other people come, you know, to try to do new things because they, you know, they want to see somebody go first, kind of put themselves out there. And, you know, that's what social selling is all about, right? You want other people to do what you're doing, then you've got to start doing it and you've got to do it big. Thank you. I like that word, do it big. I like that phrase. We'll come back to that. Jack, pleasure to have you. Glad you finally got on the show. We're glad you're here, too. And now, Ms. Kirsten Boyleau, Director of Digital Startup, leading the SAP Social Business and Social Selling Initiatives for SAP Global Marketing. Kirsten has sent us a quote from John Berger. I had to look him up, and he's very interesting. John Peter Berger, born in 1926, so he's up there in years. He's an English art critic, novelist, painter, and poet. His novel... The title is just the letter G, capital G with a period one, the 1972 Booker Prize. So he's been doing this a long time. But most important, his essay on art criticism called Ways of Seeing, written as an accompaniment to a BBC series, is often used as a university text. Let me just read a little more, Kirsten. He's a fascinating guy. Berger began his career as a painter and exhibited work at a number of London galleries in the late 1940s. In 1958, he published his first novel, A Painter of Our Time, telling the story of the disappearance of Janos Lavin, a fictional exiled Hungarian painter, and his diary's discovery by an art critic friend called John. Uh, In 1972, we keep fast forwarding here, the BBC broadcast Berger's television series Ways of Seeing and published its companion text, An Introduction to the Study of Images. I'm going to stop there. Here's the quote. Seeing comes before words. The child looks and recognizes before it can speak. Kirsten, welcome back. How have you been? Uh, Always good. Always good, Bonnie. Thank you. Glad. Thank you. Love the quote. Are you a follower of John Berger? Have you ever seen any of his artwork uh, in addition to reading his essays? No, I hadn't seen a whole lot. I just found it online the other day, and I thought, you know what, that really speaks to me about the whole video um, thing and, and how powerful it can be. Absolutely. So seeing comes before words. Tell, In your opinion, and, and you train people in social selling, what have been your encounters with video, Kirsten? Uh, how do you know a good from a bad, from an ugly, from a please don't tell me I have to look at this type of a video? What, what's working today? <laughs> what's working? What's hot? What's on fire, as, as Jack mentioned? Well, there's lots, of, there's lots of videos out there. The ones that are most compelling um, 
I think elicit an emotional response, whether it's through the background music or through the the um, the emotion that comes through from from the, the speaker, um, or just the images that are online, that maybe the lighting, something like that. I mean, if you can go really high production, you can go really low production, and, and even low production videos can be very compelling. But also, um, given you know the whole. Our, our our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of um, thing that we're hearing about these days, we you know, it has to be quick. It has, you have to grab people's attention very very quickly. So, uh, a, a video that starts off very slowly and you know is trying to build that anticipation over a longer period of time is not going to grab my attention. It's not going to keep me engaged. Um, something that that starts to engage me right away in that first couple of milliseconds is something that's going to keep me um, there for the longer term. But also keeping the actual content itself very very short. Um, I'd rather uh, spend um, a few days looking at you know a number of uh, one minute videos than um, spending an hour at a time looking at a, a full sixty minute video. Interesting. And I have a little news for you, Kirsten. I just looked up human attention span. I Googled it, and here's an article in the Telegraph Science section, and it's from March of this year, May, actually, May 15th, 20, oh, 2015, last year. Humans have shorter attention span than goldfish thanks to smartphones. <laughs> and the, here's, here we go. Gabe and, and Jack are going to love this. The average human's attention span is, oh, look, a bird. <laughs> You get the point. <laughs> According to scientists, the age of smartphones has left humans with such a short attention span, even a goldfish can hold a thought for longer. Researchers surveyed 2,000 participants in Canada. They were talking to you, Kirsten, and studied the brain activity of 112 others using uh, ence- ence- electroencephalograms. I know that word. The results show the average human attention span has fallen. Oh, my God. Has fallen from 12 seconds in the year 2000 or around the time the mobile revolution began, too. Can anybody get Yes, it went down from 12 seconds. Gabe, how long do you think it is now? Uh, three seconds. No, it's a little more than that. Jack, how long do you think it is? Well, I don't know. If, if the average is 12 seconds, then Gabe's is probably two. So um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, Kirsten. A, a half a second. I say eight. Okay, it's, it's eight. Kirsten, you read the article. Come on, it's eight. Goldfish, meanwhile, are believed to have an attention span of nine seconds. I don't know how they did that. The study, which was, was run, led by Microsoft, did find that the ability of humans to multitask has improved. Canadians with more digital lifestyles, Kirsten, that's you and, and your friends up there, who consume more media are multi-screeners, social media enthusiasts, early adopters of tech, struggle to focus in environments where prolonged attention is needed. I'm just going to leave that one alone. Maybe we can tweet that. So there we have it. Very interesting. So one-minute videos, that looks like that's uh, a stretch even for a human if it's not very interesting. <laughs> I'm going to give you all a break here for a second, but before we go to break, Gabe, Gabe Viamizer, I want to ask you, where are you calling from and what are you drinking today to fuel that science of social selling brain of yours? Yeah, so I'm calling from, um, my my home is uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. I work for a company called Hireview there, but I'm currently visiting my brother in Stanford. So I'm in the Stanford student housing. So I feel (laughs) really smart. Like I have the window (laughs) open and I'm breathing in as much positive neurons or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and what are you and drinking? I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking, uh, I'm naked. I'm drinking naked juice. What is that? Please help me out here. So it says here, pure fruit, mighty mango, naked juice, 2X vitamin A, 100% uh. juice smoothie, a blend of five juices with added ingredients, 290 calories. I got it. The founder was Jimmy Rosenberg in 1983. Headquarters are in Monrovia, California, and the parent organization is PepsiCo. There we go. Thank you very much. A little product information there. Thank you, Gabe. Drink up. Jack mm-hmm. Kozakowski, where are you? What are you drinking? Well, I'm like Gabe. I'm uh, fully clothed as we do this podcast, but uh, <laughs> I am drinking a caramel frappuccino from Starbucks. Caramel Frappuccino from Starbucks. Ooh, I bet that's loaded with all kinds of good things, right? Yeah, you know, I'll probably gain about three pounds as we do this podcast, but it's all good. It tastes so you know, amazing. 
I had a feeling. Well, you're a purist because you know it tastes good and you're not afraid to consume it. And I applaud you, Jack. Yes, we'll leave that, leave the healthy side alone for the next 20 minutes or so. Kirsten, I think you're in Canada somewhere. Why don't you tell us where and what are you drinking? I am in sunny Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. Um, but an hour west of Toronto. It's beautifully green and warm here today. And uh, I am drinking my lemon water. And, oh, that same, is that the cleanse you told us about last time? Yeah, yeah. How's it going? It's going really well, yeah. I uh, keep losing weight, so that's, that's the main thing. And I'm starting to really enjoy lemon, lemon apple cider vinegar, and uh, cayenne pepper in the mornings. Okay, that sounds delicious. I'm drinking cool, clear water in a cool, clear glass with a cool, clear straw. And that's all they'll let me have. Uh, Jack and Gabe, they don't let me have caffeine on radio show days, and I think you already know why. Kirsten, applause to you for doing whatever you're drinking, and God bless you. Uh, you know what? We're going to take a break because everybody needs a quick sip of something to energize. We have a wonderful panel today, high energy, very smart. They're in the trenches. They know what they're talking about. We're exploring the world of video, and how does it fit? Does it fit? Well, I think we already know the answer is yes. Of course it does. Into the Social Sellers Toolkit. What should you be doing for your company? What should you be doing for the company you're working for? What do you love to look at? How does it embellish and help enhance the relationship building that social selling is all about? That human emotion. Yes, we're going to talk about real human stuff today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You are listening to Social Selling with Game Changers Radio. This is season two. Thanks to Kirsten for coming back. I think we're up to episode six right now, something like that. But we are moving along very quickly here. You don't want to miss what our panelists have to say in the rest of the show about social selling and video. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. We'll be right back. Justin, out. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a new tool that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and building the systems to truly measure the impact of social. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Social Selling with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. You're listening to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Social Selling with Game Changers. And we're back. You're listening to Social Selling with Game Changers Radio. Our special guests today are Gabe Villamizar, Jack Kozakowski, and Kirsten Boyleau. And our topic is very important. If you think it's not, you've been hiding under a rock somewhere. Video and the Social Sellers Toolkit. We have three experts on the line with us, and we're going to start diving into not just why it's important, but how in the world do you do it? How do you do it right? So, Gabe, we're going to start with you. I'm looking at your notes, and so let me just read a little, and then you will expand. Then we'll have Jack and Kirsten chime in with their POV on this topic. You say, sales reps think that doing video is hard and time-consuming, but they are wrong. And the first thing you mention is there are a dozen integrated tools and apps that make it easy. Gabe, tell us how to do it. Let's give the, the two-minute top-down of what's out there and why it's not hard and time-consuming. Go ahead, Gabe. Yeah, for sure. So absolutely, uh, you know, as, as a coach and trainer, a lot of sales reps, the first thing that comes to mind to them when I say, hey, have you been doing video? How's your video integration or video activity? Uh, they, they think it's hard. They're like, oh, man, I don't have time to do that. That's 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 time consuming. I don't have the tools, etc. But with technology, really, there's there's a dozen tools, and I'll I'll, I'll name a few in just a second that make yeah. it super easy. And so right off the bat, we think, that, oh, video that must be a high production video. I need to be in a green screen. I need to be in a professional uh, setting, etc. But that's totally not the case nowadays. So literally, all you have to do uh, 
now to do that, if you want to dive into the how-to, it's uh, use your front. I would say don't use your front-facing camera. Use your back-facing camera. It's usually higher resolution. It has more megapixels. Um, mm. Get a tripod on Amazon. It's 10 bucks, And, uh, you know, download a few apps, right? You can use, uh, obviously, just a native app on your video, a native uh, video app on your phone. I mean, uh, there's apps called Videolicious. That's, that's an awesome one. You can use one called OneMob. Um, you can use one called, um, what's another one? Um, there's, there, I can think of a few other ones that make it super integrated with even your Salesforce or with even your current CRM. And you can integrate those in your outreach via email. You can integrate those in your LinkedIn profile. You can integrate those in your uh, daily cadences or, or sales workflows to stand out from the crowd. Thank you, Gabe. So these are the top two. Are there any more you wanted to? Uh, is is something like Vine appropriate? Uh, it, it depends on where the buyer is, which stage of the sales funnel the buyer is. If you're trying to create brand awareness videos, top of the funnel, then yeah, I would say you can go as public as, as, as Vine or Twitter videos or, or post any, any of that type of video. But the lower you are in the funnel, in the middle or lower uh, stage of the buying process, then the more targeted and private you want to go with that buyer. Another one I just came up with uh, that came to my mind is called BombBomb. BombBomb. Bomb. Bomb. Uh, yeah, so there, I, just to recap, there's Videolicious, there's OneMob, there's BombBomb, and there's just native video on your smartphone. Um, and I would say keep those videos to two minutes or less. And, two minutes uh, or less, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are videos now, Gabe, meant to be individualized for each prospect? Is this something you're just going to put out there on social media and say, hey, everyone, look at my video and hope your net goes very wide and you catch maybe a million eyeballs? Or is this something, uh, hey, Bob, we've been in talks with your company and here's a video I created for you just for your eyes. So you're saying it needs to be more targeted lower down. When do you know that Bob needs one video just for him? So I would say there's three types of videos you want to create. Right? There's the expert content videos, um, and you can use third-party data to create your video to uh, increase your credibility. There's the brand content video that comes from the marketing team. Right? Uh, either that can be from someone in your company or someone you yourself representing your brand. And there's also user-generated uh, videos from your current customers. So we've been trying to use those into our sales process. And we've seen a lot of great results and gotten good response and things of that nature in our sales process with those three type of videos. Thank you. Very, I, I want this to be a real how-to, and you're helping us wonderfully, Gabe. Thank you. Jack Kozakowski, talk to us. Agree or disagree? Anything you want to add to what Gabe introduced in terms of the actual getting down, down and into the nitty-gritty of what are you going to do about it? Yeah, absolutely, Bonnie. I loved everything that Gabe had to say. Um, what I would add is that, you know, you've got to really focus on, you know, four things, right? You've got to entertain your buyer, inspire your buyer, educate, and connect. And if you can do all four of those things at the same time, that's when you really kind of start to, to nail the video content and start to get conversations going. Um, and, you know, there's, there's two sides of this, right? One is, you know, connecting with the buyer on a personal level. And one is on the professional level. And there is also an art to being able to do both of those at the same time as well. But what I would say is, you know, don't leave out the, you know, the free kind of content curation tools, right? Gift make, you know, the gift maker or the gift application within Twitter, you know, respond to people with gifts. That's, you know, people like humor, you know, that's entertainment and you can still get your point across. Uh, there's also apps like, Pick Play Post, which is a great app to pull in YouTube videos or to pull in um, GIFs or any kind of content that you've had for maybe like a sales conference, you can actually chop it up and put multiple videos in one. I have a lot of success with that because really I'm just looking to use video to really connect with that buyer and start conversations so I can get offline. Thank you, Jack. I have a question for you. We haven't mentioned fun. We haven't even said the word. Fun. You're creating videos. Videos are fun to make. How do you know when you're done? How do you know how to budget your time? What's your advice, Jack? 
Um, you know, the thing is, you've got to find the right tools. If you find the right tools, they'll really, you know, make your, your video curation time a lot more efficient. And, you know, with me, I just try to make sure that, you know, it's not always about time. I don't want to do things quick. I want to do them right. So mm -hmm. I'd rather put out one really good video and that I know that one, you know, entertain, inspire, educate, and connect with my buyer than to put out, you know, four or five. So, you know, spend the time, do it right. And don't go for quantity, go for quality, and always make sure that you, you know, you're portraying your brand, which is your personal brand, correctly when you're on social, and you have to use quality, because otherwise video can kill you if you don't. Thank you. Very interesting words of wisdom. Kirsten, you've been waiting patiently. Talk to us. What do you think? Well, I've got so many thoughts here. I'm thinking, how do I organize them all? Uh, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to, to mention is, you know, with video, you have a great opportunity to tell a story. Uh, you have um, all kinds of different senses that you're uh, reaching out to when you're using videos, um, not only the visual, but also the auditory. Uh, and you can, with, in terms of the visual, there's different pieces of that. There's, you know, the actual image itself, there's the lighting, um, there is the, the uh, and then there's the you know, the, the speaking itself or as well as the, the music, there's all kinds of different senses that you're, you're addressing with video. And so you can set the mood, you can set the tone, you can set the kind of the, the framework for what you're trying to tell people. You can hook them in. You can kind of, um, you can play with their emotions in terms of how, um, how they relate to what you're talking about. And, and it, may, it could be as dry as talking about business software. <laughs> Or it can be as exciting as talking about, you know, transformational change and the way we, you know, in culture and, and that kind of thing, which is far more exciting. Uh, and yet you can still make it very interesting in the way that you approach it uh, and use video in that way. Um, you know, Gabe said it doesn't have to be, you know, this big production thing. And I absolutely agree with that because one of the big things about social is about being authentic. And if you're always doing this big production video, then that's not being authentic. That's, you know, that's you being produced. If you, you know, but when you're using that camera, you know, you're just your cell phone camera and, and taking that video, uh, that's far more authentic. So, it, you know, you can do it both ways, but I think there's, there's opportunities in both ways to, to really engage and, and build a relationship with your audience in, through video. Thank you, Kirsten. All good points. I have a question for you, if I may. We're talking, I think, mostly about using humans, the human voice, uh, people being interviewed. And I'm going to talk to Jack about that in a minute, going into some of his notes for the for this roundtable segment. But, Kirsten, when people use uh, the artists on whiteboards where somebody is speaking or a text is coming, crawling across the screen or just uh, headlines are popping up and you see that wonderful hand with the pencil or the digital pen drawing characters and figures and they build into these wonderful tableaus and you say, wow, that was really cool versus uh, – cartoons, uh, stick figures, um, whatever your company wants to do, uh, well, what do we call them, uh, avatars, that kind of thing, caricatures versus people. Do you have any preference at any point in the selling cycle for what would be more effective, the cutesy versus the, this is Bob and he's going to tell you how change management should run? What, what do you prefer? I think it depends on the situation and the purpose of your video. You know, if you are trying to connect and build a relationship with your with your customer or with your target account, and uh, you know it's far more personal, then it really should be you as the sales rep. If it's more of the as um, I forget whether it was Jack or, or Gabe mentioned it, the the brand video. I think it was Gabe um, that comes from marketing. You have a lot more flexibility in terms of how they um, put that together in that cartoon or stick figures or the, the whiteboarding, all of those are fun things to do uh, for sure, uh, but it does require a little bit more um, time and energy to put into that rather than someone taking a 15-second video of themselves, um, you know, talking to, to their customer. Uh, so it really depends on the purpose of your, of your video. Is it trying to connect? Is it trying to engage? Is it trying to educate? Is it, you know, is it just for fun? What are you trying to do? Thank you. I want to go around the table and get point of view from Gabe and from Jack on the question I just asked Kirsten. Gabe, avatars, caricatures, whiteboard artists, super fast, uh, uh, echo, sh shadow videos with somebody making hand yeah. puppets. With it. Uh, what, what works and, and do you have an opinion on where in the sales cycle or where in that connection cycle with a particular buyer you should use what flavor? 
I would say do whatever most people are not doing. For example, those mm. whiteboard videos were cool two, three years ago, and I thought they were the coolest thing ever, but now everybody's doing them. So why would okay. you want to do something that everybody else is doing? So nobody can imitate yourself as good as you do. So you be yourself on a video, I think that's the most powerful thing. Okay, thank you. Very interesting. Does this require training, Gabe? Does this sub- somebody need to be trained Absolutely. to do a video? How, how do you how do you, how do you how do you pick the right person? You have Bob in accounting, and Bob is an expert on change management for the finance department, and you want to let somebody know your software rocks. And Bob's going to talk about how easy the process is in the video. And Bob is really deadly. He's dull. He has no personality, but he's the expert. How do you get Bob ready for that video cameo performance? Yeah, I think it needs to be uh, marketing needs to be very heavily involved because uh, you know sometimes you see salesreps doing all this crazy stuff and you're like, what are you doing? That's not in tune. That's not in brand with our content. That's not brand consistent. That's not the right logo. That's logo from three years ago. You're seeing the, the you know the, the pitch line from like six months ago. So training coach at the whole organization, whoever's going to be doing any front customer facing videos. Uh, with the right attitude and give them a one-on-one course, a crash course, whether that's remote or face-to-face, uh, kind of show them, show a video of themselves, have people record themselves and cure themselves. I mean, luckily at HireVue, um, our software is, you know, done everything's done through video for recruiting and training and coaching. So we have a pretty good idea what each of us sound like on video. And if you sound boring, that you will know if you sound boring. So then that's when you coach and train them after you assess a video and, hey, pick it up a bit. Just think of something happy. Think of, you know, when you won and scored a goal or this or that, and then now start recording a video. Or do those, you know, for those um, poses when you stand up before you go public speaking, like you did do like a, a Superman pose or something, and then you sound happier or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do that, you know. Just do something that whatever's going to get you your energy up. But uh, there definitely needs to be somebody giving them feedback. Otherwise, uh, uh, we don't know when we're happy or sad as much somebody else watching us, yeah. So you you need a director who knows what will bring out the best in Bob. Maybe Bob needs a little a naked juice and some improv training. I think that would be yeah, a winning he's a formula. Yeah, in the butt, you know. There, well, I didn't say that. You did. Jack, oh, okay, let's get you bad. on this. Jack, no, that's okay. It's easy. It's better for you. So, Jack, talk to us. What do you think? What What's going to be the best? Do you agree with Gabe about uh, whiteboard being old-fashioned, old hat? Too many people have done it. What about caricatures? Uh, what about, I don't know, sandcastles? What, what about finger puppets? What about just Bob? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, creativity is key, right, with, with anything that we do in sales and marketing today. So, you know, taking Bob's boring video, and you can curate Bob and add some animation, maybe add some sound effects, a little music. I mean, if marketing, if, if video's done right, sales, it'll actually help align sales and marketing, right? Because, you know, marketing's always beating the pavement with low budget, usually, and not a lot of time to create more content. So if they can figure out, you know, if they can get Bob's mind and then get Bob on video and, and get the content from him then, you know, marketing can take that, curate that content, give it back to Bob and have, you know, give Bob something that's creative and going to catch somebody's attention, but add a massive amount of value from, you know, from his knowledge as well. So I think that there's major value in video of aligning sales and marketing because it actually helps both. One gets, you know, sales gets the frontline uh, content of something that's coming out of their mouth that they know is going to add a lot of value to the buyer and maybe help speed the sales process. And then marketing is getting a lot of help from them because they're getting the content um, at, and getting really good content from the front lines that kind of aligns with the buyer's needs, right, to help them kind of generate more leads, get more conversations, and effectively connect sales at the top of the funnel rather than where they're connecting them just with normal lead gen at the middle of the funnel. Thank you very much, uh, Jack. Kirsten, anything you want to add to this before we move on? No, I, I, I think we've had some really diverse uh, thought processes here, and I think they're all absolutely valid, you know, in terms of uh, different ways you might approach it. Video is a, is a huge thing, and it, it is really, um, there's so many different ways to look at it, so many way, different ways to use it, and I think that's where you need to come from in terms of, you know, how you're going to actually, um, what you're going to do depends on what your what your purpose is. 
Okay. Kirsten, I'm looking at your notes, and thank you. I'm seeing here video is the next big hit for content marketing, but it can be done poorly. You want to go through a couple things in your list here of what the no-nos are. We've been talking about strategy, about style. I think we're talking about style now. Uh, anything other than a monotone voice and poor Bob, whoever he is, I'm sorry I'm picking on you, Bob. Bob in finance, yes, we are going to make you do a video after this call. But, Kirsten, what, what else uh, would you say is a no-no? I'm looking here down in your list of notes. Um, Dull visuals. Yeah. Sorry, what did you say? I said I'm looking at dull and boring visuals or backgrounds. What's a what's a boring background? A boring background would be a plain white background. Like there's nothing to to look at besides the person's face um, in the video. That would be to me that would be pretty boring. I, I want to see movement. I want to see um, you know. Something changing, I want to see something that's interesting to look at, even if it's just a brick wall. A brick wall is far more interesting than a blank white wall. And that kind of thing is what I'm, what I'm looking at in terms of um, the, the dull and boring. A monotone voice would be very boring. Um, someone who has no facial expression whatsoever and just kind of uh, stares straight ahead at the camera or even not looking at the camera at all. Um, looking off to the side, looks like they're reading their notes, um, doesn't use their hands, doesn't, you know, stand still and very uh, um, inactive. It, it, and it doesn't mean, and being active in terms of your um, your body language doesn't necessarily mean that you're jumping all over the place. It just means that you perhaps shift or, uh, you know, cross your arms and then uncross your arms. You know, that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, this great big movement, but something that uh, that makes you look like not a robot. Um, those kinds of things are things that I think would be definitely um, uh, do not do's <laughs> when it comes to 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 recording a video of yourself. You want to make sure that there's, there's lots of color, that there's lots of um, activity, that uh, you make it interesting and visually interesting to look at. Okay. What about fun? Do you think they should be fun, a little fun, a lot of fun, not too much fun? Kirsten, how serious would you want videos to be? At what point in the funnel? Well, again, it comes back to uh, telling that story and, and eliciting, if you want people to remember something, you have to elicit some sort of emotional response from them. Uh, it might be a fun response. It might be, a, oh, my goodness, I, I, that, that's so her- horrible or mm-hmm. that, that happened to somebody or um, that, that's really scary or, you know, some, some sort of an emotional response. So depending on what your story is, that, I mean, if it's something that's scary, then maybe it's not going to be fun. But if it's something that, you know, you want to, to get them to laugh about, uh, maybe you tell a funny story, um, that's when the fun comes in. I, I don't think everything has to be fun, although um, business tends to be, you know, can be very dry, uh, Material and so we, if we can make it fun and interesting, that certainly grabs people's attention and helps them to remember. Thank you very much. Let's circle back to uh, let's see. I want to ask Jack a couple of questions. Jack, I'm looking at your notes and there's something interesting here. You talked about types of video content that sales can leverage to give value to buyers. Podcasts we know about, interviews. Who should be doing the interview? How do you know that you're going to pick an interesting person? Do you have to go through a number of people in the company or a number of thought leaders to say, oh, yeah, you'll come out well on the video, you'll be exciting, or do you just pick somebody with good content and pray that it will be an interesting interview? How how do you know, Jack? I mean, it kind of just depends, right? I mean, I think that a lot of salespeople, you know, they're trying to build their personal brand outside of the company, right? I did that at at Acton Software. Um, I wasn't associated with the brand, per se, when I did my podcast. So, you know, it kind of depends. If, you, if it's a brand podcast and you're going to be, you know, your brand's name is all over it, I think that, you know, your marketing team's really got to vet out and on the sales you know, team who's going to be effective in, you know, articulating the value and communicating the value to an engaged audience. But, you know, if it, a lot of sales reps, you know, there's no reason that you can't do your own podcast on the weekends, right? Kind of come up mm-hmm. with your own brand and, and come, you know, create your own WordPress site because really the value in, in the podcast, which, which I truly believe is that you get to connect with influencers. So there's a lot of value in getting to learn by doing a podcast, but even more, um, in those interviews, you get to meet a lot of good people and they're going to share to their massive networks 
Okay, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, we got you. We got you. you dropped out there for a second, but we got you back. Okay, um, let's see. Gabe, I'm looking through your notes. We have a little bit of time before we go into our crystal ball predictions round. Gabe, is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't covered? Yeah, just keep in mind. Yeah, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, fine. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's something at the, at the end of the day, video is obviously content. And the buyer, right, uh, according to Forrester, consumes 11.4 pieces of content before uh, making a purchase. So keeping 11.4, let's just say 12 pieces of content on average, according to Forrester, of content in mind, if those video education pieces, if that, that content type can be video, and if it can be creative and educational, then you're going to win. You know, that, that's all I have to say at the end of the day, so... Okay, thank you. And let's get a little bit of a wrap-up because we are approaching our predictions round. Jack, wrap-up with what are your best words of wisdom to people who aspire to? And uh, let me ask you one question, Jack. Do you think that, I I hate to say this, the millennials, the younger members of the workforce, and and Kirsten knows on many of our shows we've talked about the fact that it seems five generations are working literally and figuratively side-by-side in the workforce today. Do you think millennials would want to be the ones who raise their hand first and say, yeah, let me make a video. I have great ideas. Or could it be anybody in the workforce, anybody on staff who has an idea? Do you, would you trust a younger person who basically grew up cutting their teeth on technology, who may be on social media all time, all the time, every day on many devices? Would you trust them to be the one making the video? More than somebody. Else. I mean, I guess that you know that comes down to your hiring, right? Hopefully, you're hiring the right people that you don't that you can trust to make those good decisions. Whether they're millennial or Gen X or you know baby boomers, I think um, you know that really comes down to the trust with your employees. Obviously, you probably have some you know guidelines in place when it comes to video to make sure that people aren't you know destroying your brand. But I, I really think that you you know you've got to make sure that people understand the power of having a plan, right? Understanding what they're trying to achieve with the buyer, understanding what, you know, they want the buy, what value they want the buyer to get out of every single video that you put out. Because I will tell you that I've seen, you know, salespeople hurt themselves more than they've helped themselves by not having a plan and, and really understanding what's valuable for the buyer, but not what they think is valuable for the buyer. Thank you very much. Very good points. Kirsten, you want to wrap up on your words of wisdom before we quickly go around for predictions? Uh, just one last point is that, you know, sales is all about relationships, and video is just one more way that we can help, that we can really engage and build that relationship with our buyers. Uh, you know, social selling has been um, kind of the latest and greatest way, and video can be a real good part of that social selling uh, toolkit. Uh, I'd like to see um, us at SAP do it lots more. Um, we don't do a whole lot of it yet, and it's something that I'd like to see us work towards. It's really important, I think, and it, again, when it comes down to the relationship piece, um, I think it was Jonathan Becker a while ago said, you know, people don't buy from glass buildings, they buy from people. And so that's why it's so important to, to, to help your reps build that reputation or build that, sorry, relationship with um, their buyers. And, and doing it through video is a great way to, to, to do that, building, building those relationships. Thank you, Kirsten. One quick question for you before we, in earnest, get to our predictions. How do you post? Where do you post these videos? Do you send, you put it on a, a private server or a website somewhere? And for this is for just one customer. We're talking about farther down into the personalization later in the sales cycle. Do you send them a link? Uh, do you send it to them on social media? How do you convey it? How do you let them, hey, Jim, we made a video for you. Love you to take a look at it. How do you let Jim know the video is ready and where he can find it? I think if you're already at that stage where you're, you know, you're, you're talking to them on an individual level offline, perhaps, that's when you can send them, you can email them a link so it would be on a, you know, an internal server of some sort um, that they ha- can have access to or perhaps a, 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 a social collaboration uh, page that you um, are working with them on. Um, <clears throat> but... You know, in just in general, you can post them. Uh, I think somebody already said, you know, post them on Twitter, post them on your LinkedIn page, post them on, on Snapchat or wherever you, you know, you might think the uh, social page that, that allows that kind of video to be, to be listed. 
Thank you very much. Kirsten, I'm going to go to Gabe first and ask him, Gabe, I can give you about 45 seconds for predictions. If we met again, let's say next year, let's just be very specific, 2017, right around summertime, one year from today. What do you think will change in the world of videos for social selling? 45 seconds, Jack. I'm sorry, Gabe, predict then Jack. Go ahead, Gabe. Yeah, I would, I would say uh, virtual reality, all this augmented 3D stuff, it's going to uh, start being used in the sales process or in the relationship model, um, you know, you're going to be able, right now we're able to spin a video in Facebook or YouTube to see different angles of it. So it's a 360 video. That's starting to use now, you know, when you go camping or when you're doing an extreme sport. Well, how cool would that be if you can use that for a webinar? If you have a round table and then you can move the camera around wherever you want to see which person's speaking. I think that's clearly going to be uh, in the roadmap of video, and uh, and then even a step further, introducing virtual reality and wearing those funky goggles, and uh, we're going to adopt those. So. Kirsten, you go ahead, predictions, because we're almost out of time. Kirsten? Where do I think video will be from now? I think it will be yep. a lot easier to use a video um, from a, a rep's point of view. They'll, they'll have access to technology and access to um, to applications that make it just so easy to, to do those kinds of things. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be so much easier, and people will actually feel comfortable doing it. Thank you very much, Kirsten. Jack, do we have you back? Yes, I'm here. Sorry about that. Okay, mute 30 button. seconds. Yeah, 30 seconds predictions. Quickly, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm predicting that um, you're going to see video shift from marketing to sales a lot more. I think you're going to see sales running a lot more of the video initiative. And I think that you're going to see a lot more value and content from sales running the video. So I, I predict that in the future. And I think, you know, as companies understand the power of a personal brand, you're going to see it even more because they're going to give, you know, more people leeway without, you know, being crazy about their branding. Thank you very much. Thank you to Gabe Viamizar, Jack Kozakowski, Kirsten Boylo. Good conversation. We learned a lot about video may have killed the radio star, but video may give a big boost and a life push to sales. It's the way to go. You need it in your social seller's toolkit, and I think we gave you a whole bunch of good tips on apps to use and styles and how to get Bob in the finance department to become a video star because Jim, the buyer, may really want to hear what Bob has to say. So thank you to our three panelists. Thank you to Justin. Justin at the Business Channel, and thank you to Kirsten for sponsoring the second season of Social Selling with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here is my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.